0: Thank you. Hey guys, it's so good to be here today with you all. It's been a long time since Fee and I, my wife, have actually seen the sea. I think like six or seven years. So we were like little kids as we just drove down about an hour ago like There's the sea It's like and then we realized we didn't have our kids with us and we were just like little kids, but it's so great to be here and just love worshiping with you. Just such a, can we just give it up for the musicians? You guys, so good, so good. And, uh, I just love Paul, your pastor. I just a few, was it weeks or months ago we were together? couple of months ago and uh sat in the street and just talked for hours and hours and hours like four hours went by and just talking like we've known each other for years and so um just love them and also uh chris and denise just love these two you got some quality leaders in this house and uh i just thought if i just i'd forgotten actually that uh, paul uh, had actually been in afghanistan um Sorry, with my parents or wherever they live. That was just a cover, you know, just to throw everybody off. Uh, but um, yeah, that is, uh, so they are there and um, they're doing well. And uh, I think uh, Paul's going to be going and seeing them again. So, yeah, yeah. So you could go instead of me. Yeah, that'd be good. And, spe- and, uh, and Anna can go instead of, instead of Fee. So we've got a deal. Did everybody hear that? He said yes. <laughs> Wonderful! Just as Paul said, I, I just—I'll do this really, really fast. But yeah, my parents—my mum grew up in India, my dad grew up in Sri Lanka. They moved to Bath to go to Bath University. They met at Bath University, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. At Bath University—about seven people gathered together. And back in the seventies, late sixties, seventies—and do you remember that with the rainbow guitars? Some of you remember still. Some of you were there. Do you remember, Steve? Do you remember? You remember? And so this little group of seven people became, as Paul said, Bath Christian Fellowship, and then it grew, grew, and it became uh, Bath City Church. My parents fell in love, and they got married in this place called Kabul. And. uh, obvious place where my grandfather was uh, stationed and while they were there God spoke to them about that nation to give their lives to that nation so they went back to Bath to finish university Uh, my sister Sarah was a honeymoon baby then Simon who's gone on to be with the Lord then me Daniel and then Susie and then Jonathan so I'm one of five kids I'm right in the middle got a brother and sister older and brother and sister younger you can slow this down if you want to listen to it later. I just don't want to waste too much time telling a boring old history. But just to give context, so that, that kind of process where they thought they were going to go immediately actually took 40 years. And five children and eighteen grandchildren later, they actually actually going and doing and being and living in the place that God spoke to them. So I want to encourage you: if you have words and prophetic words, you think, "Lord, will they ever come true?" Sometimes our time is very timing is very different than God's. And uh, I just uh, talked to Paul on the phone last night and just talked about is that what, what can I do to help and just come and. Be a strength and a blessing, and Paul said one word, and I went, Yes, good, because that's what's on my heart. So, um, so that's kind of the backdrop. We, uh, I met my wife, Fee, who's sitting here, oh, I haven't seen for nearly a month until this last week. She's been here in England looking after her mum and her dad. Her mum uh, went home to be with the Lord um, a couple of weeks ago, and so we had the funeral here on Friday. And uh, so that's why I'm here in town, to pick up my wife and take her home back to our children. And so we fly on Tuesday. Um, but we met uh, at uh, Bath City Church. Um, I wasn't really that passionate about the Lord, but I really was just went because there was a conference. And I saw this woman just spinning and dancing before the Lord. And uh, we used to have tea breaks in the middle of uh, church meetings. I don't know if, if you do that, but... It's very English. Don't do that in America. But anyway, and so during the break, I, I went made a beeline for Fee, and I just realized she was really passionate and in love with Jesus, and if I wanted to spend any time with her, I was going to have to do the same. So um, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. But, you know, the opposite is also true. Where you get vision, you get restraint. So I then, for the next few years found every Bible study from Bath all the way to London because uh, I was too chicken to ask her out. But in the end, I did, and we dated for a bit, and we just celebrated 27 years of marriage. So that's so, good. so we, moved to a, we went to Bible college here in England. Um, we'd been married for five years, and uh, Fee got pregnant here in England, and we had twin boys, Isaac and Judah. Then four years later, we had another son, Jonah, uh, which means peace. So we have praise, laughter, and peace. We're still waiting for the peace bit to kick in. Um, but we have uh, wonderful, three wonderful sons that love the Lord. And, and so uh, one of them is with a uh, prophet, Julian Adams, in Boston. Uh, but they are all American. We're very, still very English. Our kids say, Mom, and I can't, and socks, and they turn all their T's to D's. They say, Potawatomi and water. So, yeah, they're very... Very American, um, but we love England, still have a heart for England, um, but are living uh, in America, and we love it there. All right, are you ready to get in the Word? If you can, turn to Deuteronomy 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. I'm going to go fast today. Is that okay? You guys are young and and heart and mind, and you're you're ready, you're focused, I can tell. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Uh, While you're turning there, just to paint a picture of what I feel God's put on my heart for you today, is, um, do you know in in Ezekiel chapter 1, it says, Ezekiel says this, and I saw wheels within wheels, and the Spirit of the Lord was in the wheels, and I saw the four faces of God, Hands of you remember heard this before? The four faces of God. Anyone who shout out what one of those faces is, go. The face of a lion, number two. The face of man, number three. The face of an ox, and number four. The face of an eagle. And I got to study this and think about this. That if. And if that's were the faces of God, there surely must be something about those faces that speak of the very nature of God. And so I started to study about a lion. We're not going to talk about a lion this morning. But, you know, Jesus is the lion. The righteous is bold as a lion. The devil prowls around like a lion. So he is the lion. We're as a lion. And the devil's just like a lion. But he's not a lion. And I studied this. I'd watch every David Attenborough documentary on the lion so that I could learn something about the very nature of God. You know, just very quickly, I know we're not talking about a lion, but a lion is not the fastest animal in the jungle. Neither is he the strongest. Neither is he the biggest. Neither does he have the strongest bite Neither does he have the best eyesight. He's not the best swimmer. Then why is it that the lion is the king of the jungle? Here's the simple answer. Because he believes he is. And the righteous are as bold as a lion. That we can be as he is. But what about, what about the others then? What about the face of man? What about the face of an ox? Oh, I watched a great documentary with David Attenborough in the middle of the night about the ox And how the wolves would try and spook the ox Until the ox would actually realize that he was an ox And ox aren't scared of wolves And as soon as they'd turn and face the wolf The wolves would always back down But today I want to talk about the eagle I want to talk about focus, is that okay? So turn with me, let's read it together Deuteronomy chapter 32 Don't you love the Word of God? I love the Bible. It's the, you know, this, I, I, I think it's funny sometimes when, I, when people are challenging the Word of God. I know if you've been around a long time, this is just a cyclical thing. Here we go again. But this is the only book we'll ever read where the author is always present. This book is alive. It's living. It's active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's his voice in print. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for just being right here, so present this morning during worship. I thank you that you're here right now. And I thank you for this book, your very breath, your voice in print. And as we read it, Holy Ghost ask that you would touch each and every one in this room, including myself, that we would be arrested by it, that we'd be changed by it. And as we leave here today, we will be a little bit more like you. I pray like Paul did over the church in Ephesus that the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened and open so that we can know you better and the hope to which you've called us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 11. Like an eagle, everyone say eagle. If you're really responsive, I'll go fast. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest. Do you know that eagles, remember, there's something we're going to learn about the very nature of God today by the eagle. And here in Deuteronomy, we learn that the mother eagle actually stirs up a nest. And if you can imagine you're a little eaglet, you're a little baby eagle and you're sitting in this nest and then one day your mom starts to tear up the very thing that you've ever known, this place of comfort, this place of security, this is my house, this is where I get fed. And she starts to claw open the, the bottom of the nest. So these little eaglets, can. all they can see is this severe drop right the way down to the ground. And the mother continues to stir this up and tell the baby's little eaglets have nothing to do other than just to fall out. And the mother would deliberately push one by one out, then she would swoop down and catch them on her back, taking them back up again and putting them back in the nest. And then she would push them again. And scientists say that she'll do this seven times, seven is the number of completion, until they learn to fly. fly. The title of my message today is, We Are Destined to Fly. If you're writing notes, we are destined to fly. And I want to suggest to us that you today, that you might be here. I'm going to talk about three different seasons. And the first season is this season of stirring. Will you say that with me? Stirring. Could it be that you're at a season right now where God is stirring you? That God is actually making you feel more vulnerable than you've ever felt in your life? And you know, often when we are in times like this, it's when we are most vulnerable that we are most teachable. And it's these times that we feel so terrified. What is happening? And we feel like our rebuker has been worn out because we're rebuking the devil, rebuking the devil. Get away, this is the devil. This couldn't possibly be God, but can I suggest to you that maybe it is because you and I are destined to fly. Because there's a purpose beyond that place of comfort that we've already know, always known. And I just believe just last night and early this morning as I was praying for you and talking to Paul last night briefly about just this subject, or really where the church is at as a family. I just feel like for some of us, God is doing something. He's making us feel uncomfortable. Could it be? in the situation that you're in, that God is stirring some things up. He's breaking us out of our comfort zone. Here's the second season. It's the season of molting. I'm going to come there in a moment, but if you're writing notes, it could be the season of strengthening too, because these two go hand in hand. My mom, many of you may know or have heard of, um, when they set off to go to the country that is unnamed, uh, she got the children together and 18 of the grandchildren and they denounced this to us that they were selling their home and, and getting rid of all their earthly possessions and they were headed off to this nation. And of course, some of us began to cry, please don't do this. This is crazy. This is nuts. Why would you do this? And at the end of us trying to appeal and them telling us that God had spoken this dream to them before any of us were born, how could you really argue with that? It's like we had a dream. We have a calling. We have a purpose. We have a focus. We have a vision that God gave us before any of you were born. And we've done this part, but now we must do what God's called us to do. And I said, Mom, I so admire your passion. And she looked at me and she said, do you know what passion means, Daniel? Well, if you know my mom, I'm, I just look back at her and I'm like, probably not. I'm just, just looking at your face. And she says, passion is the degree of difficulty you are willing to endure in order to reach your God-given goal passion's not got anything to do with just being passionate about playing golf or passionate about going on vacation or passionate about this passion is all to do with suffering the passion of the christ was all to do with suffering and of course the bible says for the joy set before him he endured the cross and that joy was us we are that joy so passion is the degree of difficulty we're willing to endure in order to reach our God-given goal. I have got a friend of mine. He lives in Canada. And uh, he uh, pastors a church, and, and uh, there's different churches around Canada that, um, that he ministers in and, and uh, are friends and connected to that, that church network. And he said, God, he said, a prophet gave me this word recently. He said, the prophet said, The Lord says he's allowing an enemy into your camp to train you, but not to harm you. And I'm like, what? That doesn't sound like God to me. That's messing with my theology. He said, right, but it seems true. And so I listened and I went back to the word of God. I said, Lord, help me with this. And, you know, Jesus says, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Then he says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, your adversary, the devil. Not God, not God your adversary. P- Peter's talking to people. Your adversary, the devil. And I, I began to ponder this and think about this. Wow, is that really true? And, you know, I found it to be true that God, you know, that if we can understand the value of an enemy... Because it's, you know, our friends cause comfort, but enemies cause movement. I know this might be messing with your theology. Just stay with me a little bit, okay? Uh, I'm not saying the enemy has power over you, right? In fact, he does have, watch this, he does have power, but he doesn't have authority. Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Authority always wins over power. True? I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Somewhere in this building, there's a room, and it's probably got a lock on it, and inside there's a big handle, and you can turn all the power off. Right? The person who has that key has the authority over the power of the building. Jesus says, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. So if God allows the enemy in, for whatever reason, it's to train us, but he can't harm us. He can't take us out. Amen? Yeah. All right, let's keep going. So we must understand an enemy. Our friends will create comfort, but our enemy will create movement. An enemy is anything or anyone that hinders us from fulfilling our destiny. I'll say that again. An enemy is anything or anyone that hinders us from fulfilling our destiny. Have you ever noticed this? This this fascinates me. That Jesus called Peter the devil. He says, get behind me, Satan. But he called Judas his friend wait, what? To Judas, he, when he came in, he said, my friend, what you're going to do, do it fast. But to Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because an enemy is any anything or anyone that hinders us from fulfilling our destiny. Right? So Peter, when Jesus says, I, I must go to the cross and die and rise on the third day Peter says may that never be and Jesus says get behind me Satan for you do not have the things of God in your heart so he was an enemy but Judas says comes in to betray him to fulfill scripture and because that's the very reason Jesus came and he says my friend what you going to do do it fast can you see All right, I'm going to move on. All right. Psalm 103. The psalmist says this, Praise the Lord, all my soul, and all my innermost being, praise his holy name. He heals all of my diseases. He forgives all my sin. He fills my life with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the. Like the eagles, so hang on, does, what David, does David know something about this too? Moses did, who wrote the Pentateuch. We just read in Deuteronomy, but sounds like David's on it too. He renews our youth like the eagles. He renews our youth like the eagles. Why do the eagles need renewing? So I wanted to find out why. And David Attenborough definitely helped me a lot. Do you know, do you know that many eagles, not eagle, all eagles, some eagles live to 50 years old. And many of them, around the age of 30, so over halfway through their life, go through a season of moulting. Will you say that with me? Malting. This is really important. See, you might be in a season of stirring... Where you feel like everything that I've ever thought was comfortable seems to be being messed up, seems to be taken away from me. But maybe you're in a season that's even more terrifying than that. And you feel like you're in a season of molting. A molting eagle. There are like 10 things that happen. And the first one is this molting eagle's feathers start to fall out. Eagles are beautiful. Remember, we're talking about the nature of God. There's something about eagles that we can learn about God's nature because Ezekiel saw the four faces of God. One of them was an eagle. But there's this season that eagles go through where, they're, where they're, the very thing that makes them beautiful just begins to fall out. And maybe that's you. Maybe like, no, I, I don't feel like I'm falling. I don't feel like my comfort zone is being messed up. But I just feel like there was parts of my life that was so beautiful. But now that I just don't feel that. The second thing that happens to a molting eagle is their eyesight begins to go dim. You know, a healthy eagle can see a rabbit in the grass over a mile away. That's some pretty good eyesight. But suddenly, those eyes become dim. Number three there, hearing begins to go. Have you ever been in a, in a place in your life where you could just hear the voice of God? and You're like, wow, I just hear God. But suddenly, for some reason, you're in a season where I just don't think I can hear him like I once did. I could see, I had visions, I could see prophetically, I could hear prophetically, but I don't know what's happened. Did I do something wrong? And like being in a season of stirring, perhaps you can identify to being in a season of molting. Where that which was once beautiful, it just doesn't seem that way anymore. That where I could hear, I can't, I could see, but now I can't. The four things that happen is there this, this beak, the beautiful sharp beak, no it becomes callous and heavy. and that causes the very eagle's head to bow. Can you imagine this for a moment? This beautiful eagle, this picture of majesty. Head is now bowing unable to hear and see properly and feeling ugly because his wings are coming out and now his head bows, number five, and then his talons become callous so that he can't hunt for meat. This, I know this sounds really depressing. You're like, where did he get this guy from, Paul? Like, you got some good news? That is Easter next week. This is going to get better. Okay? It's going to get better. Just stay with me. Keep smiling. Like, I feel myself going down. I like, was I don't want to read any more of this. Okay, then, then, here, watch this. Then, this eagle in this season of malting starts to let out this horrible odor. I mean, this is really, this is like, really, this is a bad day. Like, now he smells like B.O. But if you're really, really honest, have you ever been, have you ever been in a season of your life where you didn't really want to be around yourself? Have you ever been in a season where you're just like, I just want to just remove myself from other people. See, that's the next thing that these eagles go through. They then isolate themselves. Because they don't really want to be around themselves, and they, the shame of being around others, where they can't figure out what this, why this happened to them. Why do I feel this way? Why am I? Can I why can't I see? Why can't I hear? Why does it, my head is so bowed because of the weight of which I'm carrying, and I feel this almost sense of shame. And then it seeks. The company of other eagles that are going through the same season. And if you've ever been in that place, you know, misery loves comfort. It loves company. It loves. I just, I can relate to that because that's really where I'm at. And this beautiful, majestic eagle now can no longer fly and it just hops around like a turkey. And finally, the molting eagle loses his appetite and begins to die. And then, there's a suddenly. Say suddenly. Okay, now it's going to get good. Whew, it's like Pentecost. And suddenly, there was the sound of the blowing of a violent rushing wind. You know, God rarely moves immediately, but he does always move Suddenly. And you know, the suddenlies happen in that place of waiting. And some scientists say that this is what happens. That this suddenly moment when these eagles are in this place about to die, that way, way above them, they hear these screams. And these screams go on high above them in the sky. And some scientists say they are the screams of older eagles that have been through the season themselves. And they are screams of encouragement. And these other eagles, these seasoned eagles, eagles that have gone through the season of molting and out the other side, know what's going on and they actually go and hunt for the molting eagles. And they get fresh meat and they land next to them and they drop the fresh meat right in front of the molting eagles that are huddled there on the rock face. And when it's snowy and when it's windy and when it's rainy, they, the older eagles will open their wings. Does that sound familiar? He And they cover them with their wings. So there's a season of stirring. There's a season of molting. But there's also a season of screaming. And we're going to pray in just a moment for these three different seasons. And I'm going to ask you just to, in a moment, ask the Holy Ghost which season you're in. Or maybe if I ask for a show of hands, which I'm not going to right now, maybe you're like, oh, I know exactly what season I'm in. They hunt, they drop, they cover them with their wings. Are you ready? Now we're going to turn to one more scripture, Isaiah chapter forty. Some of you know where this is going. So we already know that Moses has something to say about eagles. Like a mother eagle stirs up his nest. And we know David talks about they, their, their strength is renewed like the eagles. Whew. So David knew something about eagles. David knew something about this molting process where eagles actually get renewed. And Isaiah 2, Isaiah chapter forty. Says this, do you not know? Have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator to the ends of the earth? He will not grow weary. You know, there's a difference between being tired and weary. Jesus got tired. I want to suggest to you that weariness is always demonic. God does not go. Get weary. The Bible says, don't grow weary in doing good. Weariness doesn't go away from a good night's sleep. Weariness is of the soul, and it actually means to make old before it's your time. Weariness makes spiritual old age set in. I was saying to Chris as we walked in today that outwardly, of course, outwardly, we're wasting away. These tents of ours will be pulled down, these bodies of ours will be pulled down like tents, the Bible says. But inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And then Paul says, for these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what we see, for what we see is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So of course we're getting older I hate it too, but on the inside, we're being renewed day by day. Fee's father is 92, and he's got dementia. But even in the funeral yesterday, as we start to speak truth, he was like, amen, because his spirit's alive. And he began to sing and speak in tongues and say amen to truth. When you speak truth, he said, Amen. The mind, watch this. Romans says this: the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The mind control, we don't like the word control, but hey, Paul says we can our mind should be controlled by our spirit. And our spirit man can grow, and that's why when you speak to someone's spirit, even if they're in a coma, even if they have Alzheimer's, their spirit's alive. That's why we worship with our spirit in spirit and in truth. Okay, going on way off. Right here we go. Isaiah, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, creator of the end of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Okay. Here we go. So these eagles are on a rock face. And there's two more things that they have to do. Number one, they have to lie on the rock. They have to lie down on the rock with their wings spread out. And they have to lie in the sun. Isn't that beautiful? The rock and the sun. They have to lie on the rock. They have to spread out their wings. And the sun begins to shine. And suddenly, these eagles begin to get renewed. And the eagle's eyes begin to come back into focus. And the eagle's feathers begin to grow again. And the callus that's on the eagle's beak literally falls off, as do the ones on their claws and their talons. When fresh new ones come underneath, their hearing begins to come back. The odor begins to go away. They no longer feel that shame and want to be isolated with others. And this is what they do they move forward. They find a place on the rock face. They spread their wings and then lock them. And this renewed eagle, Isaiah, tells us this. But those who wait, or another translation says whose hope is in the Lord, will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, can we all stand? Just Let's just stand. Let's do this together. Whew. Just wherever you are, just, just stand. Just, can I just encourage you? Um, just put your hands out. Just stretch them out. Stretch them out wherever. Just close your eyes. Don't worry about anyone else in the room. Let's do this. Let's allow Holy Spirit to come and just speak to us. Just to touch us right where we're at. You know, He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows your situation better than you do. Whew. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God thank you Lord and this eagle waits for the updraft of the wind and when that wind comes this eagle can you imagine the excitement older in age been through so much thought maybe my destiny was over maybe God had finished with me How ugly I felt like I'm done. I felt like the very thing that makes me beautiful and an eagle, all those things have gone. And here I am on a rock face. I can see again. The vision is clearer than it's ever been. I can hear him again. I don't have shame. I can lift up my head. With confidence. I, 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 could, I can feed again. I can eat again. I, I can devour the word again. The meat of the word. I, I, can, I can taste it. And this bird, this beautiful, majestic bird, one of the faces of God, with that updraft comes, leans in. And soars on wings of an eagle again. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this expression of ecclesia. I thank you, Lord, just from the minute of walking in today, you were present. I thank you that you are present. Can I just say this, church? You can keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to ramble for a bit. But, but the anointing, is when the, I believe, is when the Holy Spirit says, I agree. When we, when we sing a song and we're like, oh, I feel the anointing. It's the Holy Spirit saying, I agree. And I just want you to know, I just feel like kisses of heaven for you as a congregation, that God agrees with you. God's smile is upon you. If you're here today and you can relate to the season of stirring, it was from my, it was from Deuteronomy 32 verse 11 that the as a mother stirs and breaks up the nest. Could you just put just put your hand up? Just I'm not going to embarrass you. Just put your hand up. That's me. I'm in a season of stirring. I feel vulnerable. I feel like I'm falling. I feel like the things, the very things that make me uh, comfortable and. Of being taken away I feel vulnerable just put your hand up so I can just just wave at me thank you Lord Holy Spirit I thank you for everyone in this room that just puts their hand up and just acknowledge this feeling of stirring and God I just declare over each and every one of today you are destined to fly (laughs) you are destined to fly When we're most vulnerable, we are most teachable. And so often we say, Lord, take me out. And he says, no, I'm leaving you in. Because he's more interested in developing us than delivering us. I'm going to say that again. God is more interested in developing you than delivering you. And when you say, Lord, deliver me from this, he says, no, I'm leaving you in because I'm going to develop you. Some of you are old enough to know what a negative is in a picture (laughs) and I had to go into a dark room to be developed and if you open the door too soon the light comes in and ruins the picture and the Lord says, I'm leaving you in because I'm more interested in developing you than delivering you but God wants you to know today the picture has already been taken. Your life has already been framed. You are destined to fly. And the vulnerability is to push you into a new season because that's what you were destined for. How about the second one? You're in a season of molting. You could relate. If you can just put your hand up just so I can see, just wave at me. I just want to pray for you. You're in a season of molting. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you. You feel like whether it's your eyesight, you've lost vision. Maybe you've lost vision for your, yourself. You've lost vision for your children. You've lost vision for, for, for a spouse. You've lost vision for whatever. Maybe you just lost vision to live. Perhaps it's you can't hear. Or you feel that sense of the very thing that may be beautiful is gone. Or you did something wrong. Or someone did something wrong to you, and you feel this sense of shame, and your head's bows and you just can't seem to, to lift up your head anymore. I declare for everyone, just wave at me one more time, so I know what I'm praying for. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just speak to every person in this room that can relate to the season of molting, that wherever they find themselves in those 10 things of a molting eagle. I declare in the mighty, all sufficient name of Jesus, renewal, renewal, renewal today in Jesus' name. I thank you that you renew our youth like the eagles. And I just declare fresh beauty for ashes. Fresh beauty for ashes. An oil of gladness instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. I declare new, fresh eyesight, fresh hearing. Whew. Thank you, Lord. And finally, if you're here and you know that you're in a season of screaming, there's just a scream in you. you 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 know you you look around and you're like I know where you're at I know where you're at I've been through where you're at I, I know where you're at I can help you but perhaps for some reason you've not realized that that's a part of your destiny to to hunt and get and feed molting eagles or to cover their, cover Molting Eagles, to protect them. If that's you, you just feel like I am, a, I am in a season right now where I want to scream over other people, where I want to protect other people. Can you just wave at me? Just wave your hand. It's like, that's me. That's me. All right. Okay, if that's you, ready? You can just put your hands down. If you're group one or two, that sounds terrible, isn't it? If, you're, if, you, if you could relate to the season of stirring or the season of molting can you again put your hands up really high right now because we're going to we're going to go have a time of ministry holy spirit's going to move we're going to we, i just believe god wants to, to, to do something today like not just oh that was a really good preach no i don't believe we don't want to have good preachers we want transformation we don't want just visitation we want habitation that leads to transformation that God is with us, that we can do all time. Sorry, so number, number one or number two, hands up really high, one more time. Okay, look around if you're three, if you're a screaming eagle, can you just look around the room? Can you look around the room? If you're a screaming eagle, look around the room, and can you go and lay hands on people who've got their hands up? Really quickly, ready? So if you're in a season of stirring, keep your hands up. If you're in a season of molting, keep your hands up. And if you're a season of screaming, can you move to people who've got their hands up? Chris, right here. Or back here. What happened to the screaming eagles? (laughs) Screaming eagles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. (sighs) 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 <sighs> 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 hallelujah Shabbat thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord, thank you, lord. <laughs> holy spirit thank you is this someone who's um, there's, there's something you've just got some uh, a diagnosis in your brain uh, either, or you either had a diagnosis or you're about to get one but you, there's like a flickering and it's just it's freaking you out I was driving here this morning and I just uh, in the car just, there's someone, it was something with a brain you may not have told anyone but it's like it's, 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 you're really scared right now because it keeps happening it's like you feel like something malfunctioning in your head I want to pray for you that's you. Just put your hand up or just come and see me. Mm. Thank you, Lord. It's like a flickering. Mm. Love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. know it Thank you Lord thank you, Lord. Mm. Lord I thank you for every eaglet. I thank you for this new season of flight. I thank you for this new season of fun. I thank you for this new season of exploring the very reason that you created us. (laughs) And I declare over everyone that feels like they've been in a season of stirring and a season which seems in the natural so terrifying, God, I ask that that you would, with your help, Holy Spirit, that on this day, they would see this next season through the eyes and the lens of fun and exploring. And that which was felt so uncomfortable will be exchanged for adventure, the adventure of flying. And I declare over everybody that's been through a season of molting to enjoy this season of fresh sight, of fresh hearing. A fresh feasting on the Word of God, to being able to fly again, to be able to fly again. You know how to fly, you've flown before, but it's time to fly again. It's t- time to realize dreams again. It's time to get focused again, to start focusing on the rest of your life. Don't settle. Don't settle. Well, the doctor says this, don't settle. Don't settle. Well, I heard this. Don't settle. No, you're destined to fly. You're destined to fly. You're not done. You may be over halfway, but you are not done. You've got fresh eyesight, fresh feathers, fresh wings, fresh vision, fresh hearing, fresh abilities. He renews your youth like the eagles, He renews our youth like the eagles. Thank you, Lord, for the renewing that's happening today. I ask that you would seal it, Holy Spirit, that you would seal this renewal. You'd seal it in our hearts and minds. If you're here and you responded to being in a season of being a screaming eagle, I want to challenge you and encourage you at the same time that this week you'll pick up the phone and encourage somebody in the church. You know, the Bible says, do good to all men, especially in the household of the faith. Start in your own home. Start in the church family. Encourage someone. I just want to encourage you. Ask ask the Holy Spirit to give you a prophetic word, a vision, a scripture, some money to go and give to somebody else. But I want to provoke you to actually do something if you're a scream eagle don't just start screaming start screaming start encouraging how am i covering somebody that's going through another season what am i doing to encourage them how am i how am i getting fresh meat of the word how am i hunting for others actually do it put it into practice and you know what as we do that it will increase As we do that, if you like, your ministry will increase. Your sphere will increase. And as you're faithful with little, God will put you in charge of much. So I want to encourage you with those three things, church. The best is ahead. The greatest days are ahead of us. He who has the most hope has the most influence. The church should have more hope across the earth right now than any other organization on the planet. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would lift our hope, that you would lift our gaze today, that we would see things from a different perspective. We'd see things, I thank you that we're seated with you in heavenly places. And Lord, even for this outreach, as Paul preaches uh, this next weekend, that God's seeds of destiny will be planted into people that have no hope. That God, that you would build your church And we thank you the gates of hell will not prevail. Thank you that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Thank you that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Thank you that the, he- that the trumpet will sound one day, the skies will open up, and you will come back to get a bride that has made herself ready. Lord, let it start right here in our hearts, in this house, today, on this date, a massive change of renewal. That we don't just pray for revival on the outside but revival on the inside renew us oh thank you lord 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 mm. wow i'm going back to the brain thing i can't i just I can't let this go it's just this last week it freaked you out you just I don't know what's happening in my. There's something going on in my mind. I can't recall. I can't it's, I just want to pray for you. I just believe God wants to heal you. If thats you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Great, great. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. love you guys so so good to meet you i think you're amazing god as i just believe there's something god wants to stir and start today and you can keep burning it we can keep it going the last thing i want to do is just preach messages to see god do something amazing it's life-changing that's long that's city changing and it starts in our hearts And yeah, give him. <clears throat> that was so good, so good, Lord. We want to thank you, and God, we just thank you that you're watching over us in this season where we're at as individuals and as a church, oh God. God, the Lord, today, thank you that we can hear you screaming over us. God, we can hear the senior eagle. Calling us upwards, God. We thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. Amen.